Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell hive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisner Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Guys, breaking news. C-3PO does not like sand. It's true. C-3PO? Yep. It's being... With Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. It's being re-canonized in a book that's coming out this year called C-3PO Does Not Like Sand. And we're going to tell you all about it because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, January 25th, 2019, episode 79 of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire cast of The Wretched Hive has joined me tonight. And we are going to get started, as always. It is good to be back. God darn it, it's good to be back in yeah. front of this mic. It's been a long time. Or behind the mic. I don't know. Is it front or behind? <laughs> Let's ask the pork. <laughs> if, you, if you have to ask, Steve, you might be doing it wrong. <laughs> Gotta ask the pork. Uh, as always, we're going to start it off with the rookie co-pilot, Greg Lent. Is that the rookie co-pilot or the wookie co-pilot? I, I have a little too much whiskey in me, so I'm sorry. No, whiskey! Stevie B! Stevie B. Aldwin, Stevie B. Natural, Stevie B. Nice! So good to be with you. I have to say it twice. You too, buddy. Good to hear I'm your so, voice. I, it's good to hear yours as well. I'm thrilled to be back in the saddle. As you're listening, it will, I, let me strike that. As we're recording this episode, the government is still shut down, so only... Donald Trump resides in the White House surrounded by empty Burger King wrappers, empty <laughs> McDonald's boxes, empty Domino's pizza boxes, and us strewn about the West Coast. Here, hoping that you'll allow us into your ear holes mm. for another week of great Star Wars talk. I was going to say, that sounds like my freshman year in college. You know, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, my kids were going through their books this week, talking about Donald Trump, and I, I pulled out Yertle the Turtle and Other Stories by Dr. Seuss. Oh, yes. Classic. Uh, <laughs> close friend of the show, Chris Evans, ruined this book by telling me that it's actually about Hitler. But I, I, <laughs> but I think it might be about Donald Trump. I, I'm not kidding. We might read some of this later. Oh, we'll I was glad Chris could take away time from the set of the Avengers Endgame yeah. to talk to you about your of the Turtle. No, not the movie star Chris Evans. The friend of the show Chris Evans. You, you, I know. They look exactly alike. I'm, I get them confused all the time. Indistinguishable. You know who also looks exactly like the Chris Evanses? Bob Iger. That's right. <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a beef with Bob. Lately. Yeah, you do. I do. Also on the show tonight, he is the captain of the Nico Rodriguez. That's me. Hi guys. Hey. Yeah, you hey. skipped Scott. Hey. Yeah. yeah. It's been a I while. I was not expecting that. It's been a while since we've done the show. Live. We don't know what to do. I'm like, 
cleaning under my fingernails and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> is that it's... what that noise was earlier? I'm like, what is that crazy noise? No, I was I, I was talking to Moonfish. I just want to keep you guys on your toes. It's only episode 79. You haven't figured out the order yet? <laughs> Let's see if I can remember <laughs> Dave's intro. Um, also, I, I forgot to mention, he's uh, he is part of the show still, I think. Much to all of our chagrins, but... God. Yeah. Maybe someday he'll stop being this, but he is still a lifelong Star Wars fan! Ivansky! Oh, thank you, Steve. Thank you so much. I made it back from Vegas. Welcome back. It's taken me three weeks. I did have a little stopover, a little layover at Timeless Pints. Yeah. Did meet up with you guys. We all did. That was great. That was fantastic. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But I'm back, and I'm here, and I'm ready to talk. So. Welcome back, my friend. Yeah. And finally, yeah. here she scores! L.A. Fates with an Oakland booty. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Right, she scores! Ball! The meatloaf! Dave! Score! Pour some sugar on me! Under <laughs> no circumstances. Tuesday scores! I'm never gonna dance again! Should you ever? Tuesday scores! Run, Forrest! Run! <laughs> And I mean, right on the shoot, they score. She blinded me with science. <laughs> Ever with a wrist shot, shoot, they score. We've landed on the moon. Call him. Shoot, they score. Who's your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> Harry. They score! You're my boy, Blue! Potter. <laughs> Fire score! Oh, we're gonna need a bigger boat! <laughs> oh, man. Academy Award edition of the uh, Dave, <laughs> Dave intro. Dave, welcome to the show. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> my boy, Blue. Oh. <laughs> We miss you, Blue. Much better than the Timeless Pints version, I'll tell you. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, hey, good afternoon, good morning, good evening to you wherever, whenever, and however you are listening to us. We are 5 by 5 on the Wretched Hive tonight. Mm. Fantastic. No background noise of a pub or anything like that. Just uh, the occasional salad spinner or or, uh, stray pet running around. And we're a little off schedule this week, so, you know, Wanted to apologize for that up front real quick. So unfortunately, real life kind of uh, kind of rears its ugly head. Usually we're able to achieve critical mass, and there's always a little bit of peer pressure to be like, oh, I got to be there. I don't want to let the guys down. And last week was one of those weeks where it just was kind of the opposite effect that was going on. There were enough people that weren't here. The critical mass tipped the other direction. So sorry about that, but we're going to be back on doing every other week now, I think, going forward. Right, Steve? Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're, we're, we're sort of resetting the every other week. I'd like to say that we've altered the schedule and pray that we don't alter it any further. Damn straight. Well well played. Well played. So well we, played. we are on every other week from here on out um, until um, 
the universe throws us a curveball again, and we have to change up again. But uh, luckily, we did have a little mini episode. If you uh, didn't check out our episode recorded live at Timeless Pints in Lakewood, uh, that was two weeks ago now. Was it two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, that was a great show. We had a great time. Big thanks to Stacy and the gang down there at Timeless Pints yeah. for hooking us up with uh, space to record our show. The and John to, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say to John, to Sammy, yeah. and, and to Fred out there. Yeah, right, with the John McCloy band. They were great. They and, came on and allowed us to interview them and then play live after. It was a lot of fun. And big ups to the Wretched Wives for playing along and uh, being interviewed on the show. Yep, you can you can now – actually, the, the Wretched Wives are now codified as as being real people. <laughs> They're actual. That it's we have not enough. the first time they've been. Never mind. <laughs> uh, and uh, moving on, uh, if you've ever been codified, uh, give us a call. Let us know how that went at uh, the Wretched Hive Hotline. That's 562 455 4483. That's 562 455 Hive. We can spell that. That's H I V E. But in case you can't spell Hive, there it is. Mm-hmm. With Anthony Daniels as C3PO. You're goddamn right, Anthony. And uh, you can also find <laughs> us online at www.thewretchedhive.net. Find us on Facebook, although I don't recommend it. Facebook.com forward slash Zuckerberg! Wretched Hive Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wretched Hive Pod. By the way, intern Callista still killing it with the posts. We're getting a lot of more uh, traffic thanks to Callista's hard work. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, you can also email the show to show at thewretchedhive.net. Be sure to download our app in the Apple uh, App Store. Search Wretched and you will find it on sale this week for the first time ever. On sale? Yep, on sale. Okay. It's free. Just download it. You can put it on your iPhone. You can see all the show notes. All the li- By the way, in the app, it's pretty cool. If you go to the show notes in the app, all those links are live. So you can check out the stories that we talk about on the show just by through the app clicking on the link. It's pretty convenient. Well, I'm updating Unlike all those other apps on smartphones where the links don't work at all. Right. Ours is very unique. <laughs> I would really like it, though, if you would make those show notes available to us at some time, though, Steve. Um, no, I've never seen <laughs> yeah. it. No, I like to keep you guys in the dark. It's oh. not- he shoots, he scores! <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, you can also find us on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, and of course, through Apple Podcasts. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Updates? I thought there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, we talked about the show schedule. We talked about Timeless. Hmm, maybe that's it. Am I forgetting something? The news? Oh, yeah, that's right. We talk about the news sometimes on the show. All right, let's get into that. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So this first. This first? Sure. Okay. Well, guys, before we get into 100% Star Wars news... 100%. We cover... Nothing but... A lot of movies on this show, and this week is a big week in uh, in Hollywood. The Academy Awards for 2019, for releases from 2018, were announced. And um, guys, there are some some uh, some awardees or nominees, I should say, 
that we need to talk about this being here a Star Wars show. We talk about Marvel and a few other things too. So um, I was really happy to learn, actually earlier tonight, Greg pointed out to me, that Solo, a Star Wars story, received a nomination for visual effects. Oscar nominated Solo, a Star Wars story. Steve. That's right. Well, it wasn't for fucking acting because we all know that Holden Alfarike <laughs> was not Oscar worthy in that role. Oscar Look. nominated. Deal with it. Look, uh, if Suicide Squad can win an Academy Award, all bets are off. <laughs> uh, also, of note for our show, under the category of Best Picture, Black Panther. Nice. Which really is no surprise. I I love that movie from the moment I saw it. Yeah, great film. I I actually disagree. I am oh. surprised it got nominated for best picture. Okay, and that was one of seven nominations overall it received. Uh, all the the other six are are kind of more below the line nominations. Yeah. Uh, best picture was the only major nomination it got. But for a superhero genre film to get that kind of recognition, which I believe it richly deserved, but it's very gratifying, and I hope it pulls off some kind of sneak upset win so it's not this trendy, art house, silly movie that nobody's ever seen and nobody's going to see. I hope Black Panther wins. In other words, you're, really rooting, you're rooting against Roma is what you're I doing I am there. rooting the fuck out of against Roma. <laughs> <laughs> also nominated, just real quick, run them down for Best Picture, Black Klansman. Anybody? Didn't see it. Saw it. It was good. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Spike Lee got his first Best Director nomination for that movie. So got to take got a tip of the hat there. And uh, Adam Driver nominated for uh, Supporting Actor for Black Klansman. Oh, yeah. Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in Best Picture category, Bohemian Rhapsody. Fantastic film. Great. <coughs> Did not like it. No. Oh, okay. no. No. Oh, you mean Bohemian Rhapsody directed by... Uh, Accused serial child rapist Brian Singer. Um, that's not the reason why I did not like it, but yeah, he's kind of a piece <laughs> of shit. Yeah. Yikes. Not good. Uh, the favorite. I never saw it. Which I thought was quirky and fun. I heard it was mixed. I heard yeah. mixed reviews about it. So Green okay. Book, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Feel good movie. Roma. Didn't see. Big it. news for Netflix. We've talked about uh, um, is three it, weeks ago. Isn't that kind of controversial? Because it's a. Uh, was it released in theaters? There is a mm-hmm. some sort of okay. It was released in theaters. No, okay. it has to be to be nominated. Yeah, it, ha- it has it, to play in theaters. But what oh, Netflix okay. does is they release their pictures like in five theaters nationwide for two weeks. Okay, okay. So it so it can qualify, and that's it. Okay, okay. Yeah, they they've got a very limited theatrical run specifically for the purpose of qualifying for an Oscar nomination. Okay. Which, which, which is a spin on, if I can just decide real quick, a spin on how studios traditionally do it. Traditionally, studios open pictures in a limited run in December. Yeah, mm-hmm. Christmas. So week, that they are usually. eligible for yeah, so they're eligible for Oscar nominations and all of the press and publicity that comes along with it when they go into their wide release, you know, a month or two later. Yeah, to coincide with the award season. That that is the standard procedure for Hollywood. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to round it out, uh, we had a Stars Born. You know, it's a good movie. I really enjoyed it, but I've seen it three other times. And I was going to say it's the exact same movie that's been made three times <laughs> over already. Is it am, the same I'm, as the Star Wars, uh, the the uh, Streisand movie? Yeah, pretty essentially. Much. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And so the, the Al Jolson movie. Is, it's got this. Uh, my my problem with it is the fact that 
uh, what's his name? Brad Cooper. Uh, Cooper. Bradley Rock, Cooper. Rocket, Rocket Raccoon. Rocket yes. Raccoon. Uh, that's his sling blade, man. He's never going to live that voice down. I'm sorry. That that is some serious gravelly voice. Yeah. Drove me crazy for a while. And I'm like, okay. just mm. so yeah. I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm going to see it probably this weekend or next with Christine. Yeah. And my only question is at any point in the movie, those of you who have seen it, does Bradley Cooper say, hey, I really need this guy's eye. <laughs> he might. I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil it for you. Last okay. film nominated for Best Picture, Vice. Vice. Yeah. Okay. Great I gotta. I gotta say though, I was bitterly disappointed, and I don't say that lightly. Bitterly disappointed that A Quiet Place did not get a Best Picture mm. nomination. Yeah. I I heard wonderful things about that, and yeah. uh, I, I I heard an interview with John. Uh, Kras, was it Krasinski? Is yeah. that how you say his name? Yeah. Uh, and he's such a likable guy, and it. it his interview made me want to see the film and I've heard nothing but good things about it. It, Oh, it's it's, very good. Yeah. It's well worth seeing. It it absolutely is a a twist on horror thriller genre. And Christine really liked it too. Best parenting movie ever. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I would be remiss if we didn't uh, look at the animated features, Spider-Man into the spider verse. That's very good. I saw it. Yep. I I, I took your recommendation, Steve and saw it. It was very good. I liked it. Really liked Mm. it. Yep. Good film. Uh, so those are the movies of interest for this show, and there's a lot more. If you just, uh, yes, you can look it up anywhere. But uh, this this list I was reading from was from Variety, and uh, get your get your ballots ready for the Academy Awards, uh, airing airing, just... airing live on February 24th. Cool. Sorry, Steve, I didn't mean That's to interrupt, good. but I'm I'm curious, kind of going around the horn since we just ran through the Best Picture nominees. Who do you guys think? should win like if, if each of you had a vote in the academy who would you vote for and I, I think I'm already clearly on record I would vote for Black Panther Black Panther was not my favorite movie uh, my favorite Marvel movie of last year um, it was a very good movie but yeah. I you know and I'm I'm super happy it got nominated let me just because I didn't really speak up much when we were talking about the nomination I'm super happy it got nominated because the academy really felt pressure to to nominate it and they created a whole nother category so they could so they could and not have to put it in best picture and i'm glad that plan fell apart and i'm glad it's sitting there representing in the best picture category yeah yes um that being said my personal take on it it was just it was just a it was a above average marvel superhero film um it was it, it sits within the upper echelon of all the marvel films that have been made in the past 10 years um that and to take this back to would I vote for it? I haven't, I don't think I've seen enough of the movies. You know, if you compare it to Vice and Bohemian Rhapsody, which I have seen, I would definitely vote for it over those two because I wasn't a fan of either of those movies. Um, but I haven't seen the others to make a determination. So, I don't so know. you would give the ballot to your wife to fill out? Exactly, as as okay. everybody should. Not okay. my wife specifically; their own wives is what they should do. <laughs> Nico, who gets which uh, film gets your vote? I don't really uh, know because I didn't get to see any of those. Okay. The Except last movie that I watched. Well, no, even that. I haven't finished watching it. I was watching it on Netflix and I didn't get to finish it. Wow. Didn't go see it in the theater? Nope. You were the only one. You were that guy. <laughs> I was that guy. Um, I was going through a lot of personal stuff in that, uh, that time. So. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Going to the movies was not one of my... Uh, priorities 
the last movie that I saw in theaters was actually just recently. I went and saw Glass. Oh, oh, how was that? And before that was uh, that was pretty good. Um, if you haven't seen the other two, I don't recommend it. It's a uh, definitely you have to have seen <clears throat> Unbreakable and Split. Right. Okay. I have not but, seen uh, Split, but I, I, I'm going to see it, and then I, I'm going to see Glass, because I'm, I'm a huge fan yes. of Unbreakable. Yeah. Yes. Go see Split. All right, Scott, who gets your vote for Best Picture? It's tough. As much as I enjoyed some of the films that I've mentioned on here that I liked, like Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, even A Star is Born, and Vice, um, if it was a personal pick, I would pick Black Panther, just for the fact that mm-hmm. a superhero film has been nominated. I agree with Greg actually it's not my favorite from last year of the Marvel films or at least from superhero films I really enjoyed the Avengers film uh, a little bit more than that I thought it had a stronger story a stronger villain Um, but in general it's kind of a bland year for me and I haven't seen Green Book yet and uh, which is kind of an interest for me and I think Black Klansman might be the other one that I would really want to see other than that I'm not super pumped about these films so Black, oh, you know uh, what I did see Black Klansman I'm sorry I did see Black Klansman and and I I think I like that better than Black Panther yeah oh so, really? there you go okay so you would vote you're, you're changing your vote it sounds like well I didn't I don't think I really had a vote earlier so oh, I'm sorry I'm solidifying my vote as one for Black Klansman at this point gotcha okay okay for me I have not seen Black Klansman Roma or Starsborn. I did see Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. Um, and uh, my vote would go to Solo, A Star Wars Story. <laughs> no. Woohoo! Uh, I, I would, uh, uh, bl- to me, it's Black Panther and a runaway. I mean, I, uh, uh, this is an interesting year because there's the one film of the, how many are there? Eight. The one film that's sort of like the artsy, kitschy film that, that would normally get Academy voters to vote for it would yeah. be Roma from what I understand, but I haven't seen it. But yeah. I, of the ones that I've seen, um, Green Book is a wonderful feel good movie, but it's not a best picture. The okay. favorite is kind of quirky and fun. Okay. Not best picture. Bohemian Rhapsody, again, good, but you know, it is what it is. I, I just think Black Panther is such a standout film. I, I just thought it was great. Yeah. One of my favorite, probably maybe my, it's close to my favorite Marvel movie. It's really good. Really? Yeah. Black Panther? Yeah. It's probably top three. Wow. Okay. Anyway. All right. There you have it. Okay. So it seems like Black <laughs> Panther. We're all raving Black Panther fans <laughs> yeah. here at the Wretched, Wretched Hive. I guess so. <laughs> hey, I'm voting for it. So <laughs> Here at the Wretched Panther. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. it's... It gets me to an interesting point. I know we're not talking about Star Wars. We're talking about more films and entertainment writ large. But I do feel like the Academy for the last five years especially or so has veered off into the the movie that – the the like quality movie that you should like or should see or that feels important – Versus the movie that actually elicits some joy and an emotional response. Mm. It feels like they're just constantly going for what is the best message movie of the year as opposed to the best movie of the year. 
Well, I think that goes back to the the Weinstein method of of shopping a movie for Oscar consideration with Shakespeare and Love. I mean, right. that there was such an uh, what's the word a campaign to get that movie nominated and to get people to vote for Shakespeare and Love. It's really not that good of a movie. It's cute, you know. It's not a horrible movie. It's not a Ben Affleck disaster or anything like that. But it's it's. No, it, I mean, it's, it's not it's not a best picture movie. Exactly, it's not a movie that should be winning best picture. And so now, you know, that's you get movies like Crash. You get you know movies like The Artist, which again aren't bad movies, but are these mem- movies that you like? You know, remember? Is this you know is this something? Like, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, and, it's, is it, is it the Godfather? You know what I mean? No, it's, it's not even Dances with Wolves or Silence of the Lambs or something like yeah. that. But yeah. it, you're, you're, make, you make a very valid point, in my opinion, about the, the Weinstein brothers marketing method. And the Oscars actually changed up a lot of their structure because of that marketing method. I mean, they used to do these awards in March and now they do it in February because they wanted to shorten, the campaign opportunity once the nominations come out and then they expanded the best picture category back out to 10 because they thought that'll that'll allow us to capture more movies not just these art house movies that everybody you know wants to win or thinks you know should win and i think it's actually had the opposite effect i think it's opened it up so that these smaller movies because the vote is now split among you know 9 or 10 films it's easier for these smaller movies to win and it makes the Oscars feel less relevant because it's a movie that people haven't seen that that wins and it's a movie that people maybe don't have a big desire to go see yeah. I mean I, I still think they made a a mistake and I don't mean to impugn the quality of the movie Moonlight but I think they made a mistake saying that was the best movie that came out as opposed to La La Land La La Land is a movie that's going to be remembered and appreciated for its its joy and celebration of the medium versus whatever the important social societal message of Moonlight was. Yeah, I agree. I will never forget when Shakespeare in Love won. They showed the table where Spielberg and his crew was sitting at like the after party. And they're just like in stunned silence, just sitting was, there. It, was and that I, against uh, Saving Private It was Private uh, Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. It was against exactly. Saving Private Ryan, yeah. and Life is Beautiful was also up that year. And I, I've always felt that, yes, there was a Weinstein Brothers campaign for Shakespeare in Love, but I also think there was a three-way vote, and Life is Beautiful as the, the kind of number three film got enough votes siphoned off from Saving Private Ryan that it allowed Shakespeare in Love to kind of sneak in and nab it. Life is beautiful. Uh, pulled a Ross Perot. Yeah, life is. Wow. Be- yeah, exactly. They they pulled a Ross Perot. Wow. Or a Donald Trump. <laughs> oh. There you go. Two right. Donald Trump references in one <clears throat> show, guys, one and the government show. is not even working right now. Christine Christine Hulka just uh, just handed me a note because she has some words of wisdom, but she said La La Land may be this generation's Wizard of Oz which was a movie that did not get Best Picture, but is arguably as well-remembered, if not more well-remembered, than the film that did win that year. You guys keep talking about this movie. I don't even know what it is. <clears throat> What's it? La La Land or Wizard of Oz? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw it, and I don't remember what happened in it. So, uh, La La, 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 La Land, I, I couldn't agree more. I think La, I, I think that's a great analogy. I think you got uh, some sage wisdom over there, Dave. Uh, La La Land. Settle down. Very 
no, no, no. Listen. Settle down. I, Scott objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Christine's is, giving you the finger, Scott, oh, just so you know. No surprise that Scott Christine ob- Polka was wrong. Scott objects to something that Christine says. But um, <laughs> uh, no, that, La La Land is a great film. A great film. Is it? Chicago was a much better musical. Really? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it is. Look at what they achieved in that movie. They Dreamgirls was a much better musical than La La Land was. <laughs> I th- okay, you know what? That's fair. I will give you that. Dreamgirls <clears throat> is a better musical than La La Land was, but I don't think Dreamgirls was a better movie than La La Land was. Ooh, Ooh. The gloves are off. I, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you that. Calling yeah. La La Land a musical is a is a very generous use of the term musical. Okay. Yeah. See. See. I don't want. I don't really want to challenge Dave on his knowledge of musical theater here. I know when I'm out of my element, I'm just going to back off and just say. Okay. All right, guys. This <laughs> okay. Okay. That felt like we, a compliment, and yet it felt like a little bit of a put down. You can, you can pull the. No, no, no. This is some good arguments here. This is some good radio. We're talking some serious shit right now. So here's the thing: Dreamgirls may not be the better musical, but Team America is. Okay. So actually, actually, back the South, fuck, fuck off, yeah. Dave. South America. Park, South Park is actually yeah. a great movie musical. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Had one of its songs sung at the Oscars too. Yeah, that is correct. This calls for it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we're doing it. It's a little game we like to call Star Wars Choices. Think of a hard choice you'll face in the near future. Choose. Okay, would you rather be intimate with a Wookiee? Choose wisely. Or be intimate with Ula, but Jabba gets to watch. I just assumed he's a Wookiee. Star Wars choices. Oh, I've missed you, Star Wars choices. Dream Girls versus La La Land. All right, Nico. Dream Girls versus La La Land. No. (laughs) You have to choose. You have to choose, Nico. Choose one. No. I have a a whole new respect. Nico refuses to play. I have a whole new respect. Scott. Scott. (laughs) Dream Girls or La La Land, Scott? Absolutely Dream Girls. All right. Fantastic movie. Fantastic music. Dave. Oh, I, I have a I have an impure love for La La Land, so of course I'm going to pick it. Even though my intellect tells me it's the wrong decision, I, I don't care. Okay, all right, La La Land, going against his intellect. Greg? That's how we got Donald Trump. <laughs> Many people go against Dave's intellect and fail, so I don't know why he's trying that. Thinking, thinking with your dick again instead of using your brain, Dave. That's what you're doing. It's dream girls all the way every day. <laughs> Guys... I'm going to go La La Land. It's a tie. It's a tie. Nico, I'm going to give you one more shot. Nico, you want to break the tie? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is Star Wars Choices. So let me me bring this back to actually Star Wars with some speculation, because this isn't news at all. This is speculation. All right. I have a a sneaking suspicion that what's going to happen is we're going to get a Star Wars trailer drop for the Super Bowl. Does anybody else have that sneaking suspicion, or do you think I'm crazy? I think it makes sense, but I've predicted Star Wars trailers every Super Bowl for the past, I don't know, 19 years, and it's only it's never happened. So yeah, I don't want to just blatantly call you crazy, and I would love to see that, but you're crazy. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a nice segue, Dave, because um, Todd Fisher was in the news again a couple weeks ago talking about Carrie's continuing legacy there's a lot more to come 
according to Todd uh, Fisher, Carrie's brother, of course, uh, reading from abcnews.com. Uh, Todd Fisher says that the scenes with Carrie just look like they were filmed yesterday. They used uh, clips that were filmed for episode seven. And uh, so we've got a lot more to come from Carrie, according to Todd Fisher. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. Oh, that's a good I one. don't know what Nico's wearing. It's freaking me out. Um, also yes. got also in the news for Star Wars movies. Yes. Also important to, to note here, since we're talking about movies, um, Star Wars movies will not be made for the Disney Plus streaming service. So we... It was erroneously reported previously that the Ben Affleck Weiss fake news. Fake uh, news. Are you saying we're not going to get the Caravan of Courage two? Uh, God, not, not if it's a feature length film. Okay, wait, wait, let's, wait. I know we're on a roll here, but seriously, why, Dave? Why did you bring that up about the the trailer being at Super Bowl? But it's 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 something that's been eating at me. Like, when and how are they mm. going to announce this? And I know. I know they could drop something like the what's the title of episode nine? You can you can do that viral at any time, right? But Disney has so many movies coming out this year. I do think they're going to be strategic about when they drop that trailer, and the strategic points to drop it to me for maximum effect are an unannounced Super Bowl commercial. Or alternatively, they actually just keep their powder dry until Captain Marvel opens the first weekend in March. I don't even think they're going to do Captain Marvel. Yeah, I could see the entire reveal happening at Celebration in Chicago. Yeah, that's I'm I'm on I'm on board with that. That's April. Yeah. Hmm? The if if they did anything, I think Super Bowl would be the best one because of the the viewership, but also they could do a tease. They could do just a tease. Just the tip. Just the tip. So at at Celebration Anaheim is when we first saw the debut of the Chewy We're Home trailer for Episode Seven. Right. That was the f- and full the trailer, right? That was the full trailer. Right. Yeah, we had. Yeah, that's right. We had the mini trailer yeah, featuring they- the Falcon flying over. Just the teaser. Just the tip. Jakku. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, which, which which had the title of the movie, and that's yes. all. That's all they could. If they were doing something like what you're saying. At for celebration, it makes sense to do some kind of a little mini teaser that just has some little some little stuff, no real big giveaway, the, the title of the movie maybe, and then they do more of a unveiling in in April at celebration, and then they'll have like one final big teaser, you know, probably around the fall. So maybe we get the mini teaser, maybe we get the tip mm-hmm. for Super Bowl. For Super, you get the title at Super Bowl, just the title. No little, no, no film, no shots to show at all. Just the snippiest of snippets. Okay. Just a title. Because they they haven't, they haven't even announced that yet. No. Right. So that would be huge. It would be huge. It'd be a great platform to release it. And then they have a platform up until celebration with the Marvel films. So they could actually just rerun that in front of Captain Marvel. So it would be a good marketing strategy for a little, what, 30, what is that, 30 seconds, 15 yeah. seconds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they could buy up to a minute if they wanted to, but I don't think they will. Yeah. They very easily could, though. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so late compared to Episode 7 and 8. Remember, Episode 7 was Black Friday. Right. 
the day after Thanksgiving, a year before the release, over a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then episode eight was... Um, Ep- episode eight, we had the title almost to uh, the day of when we're recording. We did. Oh, okay. That was that was a January. That was a late January. I want to say it was January twenty fourth, where Ryan put out the little the little tweet or Instagram or whatever he did the screenshot. That was like, "Hey guys, here's the title. Glad I could finally share it with you." Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I miss Ryan's Johnson. Huh. I, I bet don't. you do. <laughs> I just miss yeah. just miss the tip. <laughs> right, right in the ham flour. Oh damn. Uh, anyway, uh, Screen Rat reporting, Star Wars movies will not be made for Disney Plus streaming service. Uh, as previously reported, they were going to be made, made for the streaming service only. So apparently the Benioff and Weiss trilogy is for the theaters, not for the streaming service, Great. Scott. So you still don't have to pay for it. Thank God. There you go. Uh, also reported but they'll this... be on the streaming service. After their theatrical release, yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Also reported this week, John Williams to begin scoring Episode Nine this summer. Nice. And uh, this is from MovieWeb.com. Much like uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I'm uh, fingers crossed he keeps uh, keeps that heart pumping through <laughs> <Right>? the summer. As <laughs> uh, quote here, it says, "John's doing just fine." This is uh, <laughs> Medicino, Mike Medicino, his uh, his friend. Um, he's doing just fine. He went to Jenny Mancini's. I guess Henry Mancini's daughter or granddaughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 12th birthday party last week. Just a few people were there. Get this. Norman Lear, Quincy Jones, Leslie Bricuse. I don't know who that is. Uh, and John Williams hanging out. I don't think he's working on episode nine until the summer. The schedule is still being worked out. I like to throw a retraction in there. That's got to be his granddaughter, right? Not daughter at 12 years old. Yeah, I said daughter or granddaughter. I corrected myself. Oh, okay. Charlie Chaplin was having kids well into his 90s. <clears throat> don't judge. Yeah, I'm no judge. He couldn't, no, pick, he couldn't, he couldn't pick him up, but he was having them. That's right. <laughs> um, also this week, some big news. Entertainment Weekly. Well, this is actually... Uh, from early since we skipped a show we missed some stuff guys so this is three weeks old now but january 3rd in entertainment weekly ran down this the planned star wars releases for 2019 there's a lot of stuff here wow okay number two is episode nine as we all are aware uh number three is a big moment with luke leia and lando wait a minute, what was number one uh, number one was that there's a lot of stuff cap happening. Oh, okay. There's a new movie, new TV shows. Yeah, that's all it says. Oh, it's it's one of 24 slides. You know, one of those things where they make you click through on the website. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. sorry about they're that. Not, they're not numbered in importance. You're just counting slides. Yeah, I'm doing. sorry. I should have been clear about that. But if you fast forward... Way to bring this, the story alive there, Steve. The Mandalorian. I <laughs> 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 do this professionally. The Mandalorian <laughs> is, uh, is uh, hitting... That's what she said. Hitting the airwaves, right? For oh, the I am so, I am legit so excited for that show. I can't wait. I am signing up for the Disney service just for that show. I am not lying about that. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do? watch it. I'm gonna film myself watching it, and I'm gonna send it to Scott. Yeah, I, I was gonna say Scott is being uh, <laughs> auspiciously quiet here. Man, I was so nice. I was just gonna be quiet, but no, Greg had to throw me into it. Okay, motherfucker, let's go. I'm gonna be like, oh, this is so good. Oh, Scott's be like, can I come over and watch it with you? And they're like, no. 
Okay, we got Clo- uh, Clone Wars Season 7. Bastard. That's another big one. Clone Wars Season 7. Nice. That's huge. That's on XTV. 12 right? new episodes. That's on XTV. That will be well, on Disney service as well. Disney Plus, bitch. Bitch. Uh, then we got Celebration Chicago. Of course, we talked about that. April uh, this year in Chicago. Beautiful Chicago, Illinois. Let's see. What else do they have here? Well, I'm going to fast. Oh, of course. Gosh. Galaxy's Edge. The Disney theme parks here at Disneyland and in Florida. I noticed well. in the notes it was Galaxy's Edge. Oh. Uh, did they uh, change the name? I or? hate typos. Okay. No problem. Um, you went a little presidential on us. That's the the uh, Vader Immortal <laughs> Virtual Reality Experience for the Oculus Quest. Anyone own Oculus Quest? Can I borrow it? Can I have Negative. it? I don't. Can you buy me one? <laughs> yeah. I got uh, one in my spare pocket here for you right now. There's Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. It's a video game. we got some video game news from EA. They're taking some heat for canceling. Right. Rightly so. Rightfully too. so. I'm going to fast forward here because number 23, slide number 23 on this list, there's a little book. It's called Star Wars. C-3PO does not like sand. Is that the name of the book? That's the name of the book. Uh, Fussy. Old old title. I'm going to read the description here. Fussy does not begin to describe him. No shit. Uh, Fussy Wussy was a bear. This kid-friendly story out June 4th sees the golden protocol droid facing down one of his most fearsome foes, dirt. So there you go. Oh, Lord. Pain in the ass. Are you Why guys do we love finally, this franchise, guys? Know, right. Are you finally on board with me with this like extra book crap that we don't need? Seriously. Maybe we should change to Game of Thrones. Or Game of Thrones. So, let's go Marvel permanently. So, speak, so speaking of books and all that stuff. All that yeah. stuff. So do you guys buy the theory that one of the mysterious unnamed act, you know, uh, roles that uh, the name actors is playing in episode 9 is Thrawn and that uh, the, the Thrawn books the third of which is coming out this summer and fall it sets up Thrawn departing so that he can return in episode 9 as a big bad for going forward after the Skywalker family saga ends you're really making Scott angry right now is what you're doing you're going to make him read a book so he can understand what's going on in the movie <laughs> Well, well there's really, a, there's I'm really so glad the camera's not First on me. First time for everything. <laughs> well, and I'll, and I'll pile on there, Dave, because Thrawn has been featured ex- very prominently in the animated series. I mean, yeah. they they built an entire season around Thrawn. Rebels, right? Uh, yeah, and yes. the, and the, the the latest Thrawn book takes place immediately post Rebels. Yeah. Hmm. So it would not be out of character for them to. Yeah. Launch on TV, and then bring to the big screen. Maybe hardcore fans' favorite character. Yeah, Scott, what say you? Would you be down for that? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll borrow whoever buys the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check it out. No problem. It'll be at the Long Beach Public Library in <laughs> six or eight months, probably after release. Uh, it depends. I if I knew a little bit more ahead of time, maybe I don't know. There might be some I don't, reason. Yeah. I don't think they put out cliff notes for the Star Wars tie-in novels, <laughs> I don't. Scott. Well, thanks, Dave. That's just me. <laughs> Christine was amused by it. I never read a cliff notes in my life. Too many big words. 
<laughs> so so okay but yeah. you love Thrawn though I do and you love uh, the the his Thrawn's debut in the Star Wars universe right the original of course, with the Zahn novels yeah, right? yeah. The, the, the Thrawn or well, Zahn trilogy yeah yeah, and, and then there was the follow-up. I think there were two books. Yeah, there's two. There's one I've read. I think there's another one that I haven't yet. Oh, yeah. prior to there, them... And there's a third one coming out this uh, this summer. Oh, shit, i got to get that on that second one. Yeah. I, yeah, I, you got to get right on that. I would be interested. I Again, it still brings up that argument that we're being forced to buy more product just to f- fill in the gaps of movies that we shouldn't have to do. This didn't happen with the original trilogy. This didn't even happen with the prequel trilogy. Mm. And Lucas still made his billions and billions of dollars off of that. So I do have an issue with that, and you guys know where I stand with that. But it does kind of bug me that I'm now suddenly being forced into buying a bunch of extra stuff just to fill in those gaps. Which doesn't mean it's bad that the stories that are being told are not good. They actually are decent. Like we've talked about the Phasma stuff and all that in the past. It's just the fact that they're making us do that. Have it as an extra thing. I want right. to go and see more about introduce Thrawn into the series and have a little, you know, exposition or something that's going to tell me a little bit about why he's in episode nine, if he is, or a new trilogy that's going to be coming out afterwards. You can do that. People actually did that in the old days and knew how to direct movies. This new Disney thing, it's just about making money. It's a marketing machine. I'm sorry. It's really starting to grate on me. Well, a there's bit. a lot of evidence for that. I mean, look at what they did with Phasma. Everyone was, you know, anticipating such a badass character based yeah. on the look. Yeah. And if you only watch the films, it's like, why is this character being so heralded? And Waste of got, a good You have character. to read the book yeah. to really get that actually she is a badass in the Star Wars universe. Really a badass. Yeah. A great character yeah. that could have had just a few extra moments in a film to give us that feeling. Yeah. But we don't. We're left with a, kind of a joke throwaway character that gets thrown down a pit. Yeah. Much like Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi. But at least Boba Fett was mysterious and had some kind of like... We wanted to know more and could have had a little bit more. And, and well, most likely would have, but had some story changes in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So, whatever. Whatever. I wanted to know. I wanted to know more about how he was a gigantic space wuss. <laughs> so I, you the, know what? This doesn't let Lucas off the the hook. I mean, the whole Aura Singh debacle is. Ugh, yeah, it kills me. Well, oh, I know. One. Don't get you started on that Aura Singh debacle. No, seriously, <laughs> let's go. So that's a anyway, whole Steve. separate episode. Yeah. So, yes, Dave. Steve, just so I can jump in here real quick. Yeah, jump the, in. Uh, just so you have some deadlines. The third Thrawn book, which is uh, subtitled Treason, comes out on July 23rd. Oh, okay. Thank you. So, hey, so you have about six months to get caught up. I think before. I can probably read a 300-page novel in the next six months. Dave, real quick on the Thrawns. This is the third one, but these are the new Thrawn books, correct? Yeah. Yes. So yes. after the original trilogy, yeah. there were two Thrawn books that came out that were prior to this new Disney takeover. Correct. But they were... Thrawn was not a character in the books, just to be clear. Right. Uh, You know, spoiler alert, Thrawn doesn't make it out of that trilogy in one piece, but... Mm. Oh, I haven't read it yet! The two two books (laughs) make make you... The two books make you question... If you have, it's been twenty fucking years. If you haven't read it by now, I have no sympathy for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. 
Spoiler alert, Rosebud is a sled and Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> they kill the shark at the end of Jaws. And what else? <laughs> you know, I'm going to actually... Dorothy makes, and Dorothy makes it home to Oz. What, the, what else can I fuck up for you? you? Anyway. Those two Thrawn books that you're talking about, uh, Spectre of the Past yes. and some, something else, they kind of throw into question, is the, the ending that you had from that classic Thrawn trilogy, is it really the ending that you thought it was? Okay. And I don't find the, those two books to be terribly satisfying. I feel like, like it was... One st- to your point of a marketing machine, those two books that felt like one story that was actually built into two novels, and okay. that and it drove me insane. Yeah, fair enough. That's that you're accurate on that. I'm with you. I just handed Scott the uh, Timothy Zahn Star Wars Thrawn from this is the first in the new trilogy. Okay, so this is from what year? Two years ago, I think. I think two years ago. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'll tear through and it. This is I, a I fun one. Yeah. You, you will like it. Yeah, oh. this is uh, 2017. You will like that book. Okay. It's good. Um, all right. So we covered Star Wars releases in 2019 for the most part. I've got to get into some fan film news, guys. There's a, uh, a beautiful Star Wars fan film that brings Hamlet to a galaxy far, far away. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to, to look at this, but... It's it's uh, stormtrooper. Uh, basically, the whole film is the stormtrooper walking through a desert planet, um, and with with some with like this wonderful voice quoting Hamlet in the background, and it just absolutely works. I'm just gonna play a little clip here. This is on TheVerge.com. Title is this beautiful Star Wars fan film brings Hamlet to a galaxy. Far, far away. Check this out. To be or not to be. That is the question. You get the picture, but it's uh, it's essentially yeah. a stormtrooper, and at one point it's 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 wonderful. He bends down and he sees a, a stormtrooper helmet, and he picks up the helmet, and he's looking at this the helmet of a of a of a dead you know stormtrooper, yeah. and he's he's opining on life and death and what the meaning of it all is through Hamlet's words and it's uh, through Shakespeare's words, and it's 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 genius. I love it. <laughs> you need to go check this out. A lot, lot of fun there. Um, At any point, does the stormtrooper, in Shakespeare's words, doubt or question his own aiming abilities? That's what I just <laughs> want to know. <laughs> Why can I not shoot straight? Who sets forth with slings and arrows that never hit the targets? <laughs> <laughs> if, all, if, if only we knew a Shakespeare expert that would actually come on the show and talk about this this video. Yeah, we need that. If only yeah. we had someone that we were really close I, with that was a Shakespeare who, who expert. Who would that be? I don't know. I think, he's, I think he's missing the point, just like a stormtrooper. 
Uh, other news uh, in the fan film universe. Uh, Nico, I'm going to I'm going to bring you in here um, because it appears that there's been <laughs> love it. Yeah, such a millennial. Um, there's been some resolution to Star Wars theories issues that they had with this fam <laughs> film they made. Nico, are you up on this? And uh, can you fill us in on on what happened with Disney and Lucasfilm stepping in, in essentially in defense of Star Wars theory? Yeah, I heard that that happened, but I didn't get to look into all the details. So yeah, this guy, Star Wars Theory, made the Vader fan film, and then Disney and uh, what is it, Warner Music, came and made a strike on uh, on the video, uh, claiming that uh, part of the music in his fan film sounded similar to the Imperial March. So they claimed the entire video, monetized it, and then started receiving. Uh, those funds from his channel and his work um, to the Disney Corporation. Right. Um, and then uh, Lucasfilm, um, apparently um, with George Lucas being involved in it as well, I know he's not Lucasfilm anymore, but Papa George uh, stepped up to defend the fan film, but I don't know any of the details on that. I just saw that it happened. No, that's pretty. You pretty much captured it. That was uh, well done, Nico. So yeah, you got it exactly right. Papa George, to use your phrasing, I love that. I think we stepped in and said, that. "Yeah, back off a of back off a of Star Wars theory," and uh, they released the claim. And so, um, is he getting the funds now? Or? Well, I don't know that they were ever monetized. I think that was part of Star Wars theory's thing. Wow. The way that they could use the character names and some of the music was that they weren't earning any money from it okay uh they couldn't crowdfund it they couldn't earn any money from it uh and so uh george stepped in and said no let the guy have his film and i understood so shitty go ahead go ahead i was gonna just say it's so shitty that this guy went to lucasfilm and it's like it's like asking mom like hey mom can i have a few bucks to uh go to the movies and she says no (laughs) <laughs> but if you do your chores and mow the neighbor's lawn and get some money, you can go to the movies. Homeboy went and did all his chores, mowed the neighbor's lawn, got some money to go to the movies, and then dad took his ticket and watched a different movie. Because mm-hmm. he went to Lucasfilm, asked their permission to do this, and they said, sure, but you can't crowdfund, crowdfund it or monetize it. you got to use your own money. Right. And then he did everything right that Lucasfilm said that he had to do, and then Disney turned around and said, oh, yeah, cool, thanks. I'm going to take all that, and uh, we're going to make money off of it now, too. So this is little independent film studio, Lucasfilm, with George Lucas at the helm, stepping up against Disney and saying, back off, mouse. Well, I, I liked it. As much so as we... My, yeah, go ahead, Dave. Go my, ahead. Under, my understanding of how I read it was that the the lawsuit was being driven by the music rights holder, which was not actually... Disney, and that Papa George right. stepped in and said, "What are you people doing?" Because Nico hit it right on the head. This this guy, I did everything that he was told to do. He followed the letter of what Lucasfilm told him to do for it to be okay. And then someone that wasn't directly affiliated with Lucasfilm but still had you know standing stepped in and said, "No, you you did something you weren't supposed to." And then Papa George and Disney kind of 
went to the rights holder, because at the end of the day, Disney is the ultimate rights holder, and said, no, this isn't how this is going to work out. Hmm. Right. I put, think the mouse, the, put the mouse back in the house. Yeah, the company that owned the rights was a subsidiary of Disney, I, th- I believe. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. No. Anyway, good good news for Star Wars fan, film creators, and uh, yeah. frankly, podcasters as well, well. As much as we've ripped on George in the past about everything, you know, prequel related and such the thing i give him Jar a lot Jar. Of, yeah <laughs> the thing i give him a lot of credit for is uh he does stand up Jedi. for a lot of people that do the fan films in fact they yeah. went out of their ways through a lot of the celebrations to do like awards yeah. for the fan films uh some of the great talented people have come out of there uh, from making these little online wonderful fan films so. how many companies employ a director of fan relations right not many. Yeah. Is that Pablo? Pablo? Uh, well, it was Steve Sansweet. I don't think they have a director of fan relations now. If they do, I don't know who it is. Hidalgo was doing something like that for a long time. Pablo right? is in the story group. Oh, yeah, okay. he's like the head of the story group. Yeah. But he used to be the guy when Star Wars Insider, he was answering a lot of the fan stuff. Mm. I got a lot of those old back issues where he was in charge of like, well, yeah, I guess that would be story. Well, that would make sense. He's answering yeah. story-based questions. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, right. canon okay. questions. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we got to talk about this, and, and I, I want to hear from Greg on this. I think you have some opinions on this one, Greg. EA. EA cancels an open-world Star Wars game. And this is not the first Star Wars uh, property that they've canceled. This is reading from... Uh, Kotaku, K-O-T-A-K-U dot com. EA cancels open world Star Wars game. Um, EA Vancouver, a large studio that mostly handles support for a variety of the publisher's games, including uh, FIFA and Battlefront, had been working on this open world Star Wars game since October of 2017. year and a half or so. When EA closed Visceral Games, um, until then... Visceral, best known for its popular Dead Space horror series, was developing its own Star Wars game. So, <clears throat> Dave, what's the story on this? Because they're they're catching some serious heat. In fact, in another story I saw, uh, Rogue One writer Gary Whitta, and I will say Star Wars royalty, Gary Whitta, is calling them uh, an embarrassment. So why is this a big deal? Do you want Dave or you want me? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant to say Greg. My bad. Oh, that's okay. That's uh, I, was, I was like, fuck, putting down the phone. And I'm like, I better read this article real quick before I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I said Greg. I went to Dave. I meant, I meant Greg all the way. Greg, what, what's, why, is this a, why is this a big deal? Why are they catching heat for this? Dave's takes are always right. So let's just set, a, set that out first. You know, so whatever, whatever take I have, I just hope it's as strong as what Dave would say. He was right about La La Land. You're taking... You're taking the words right out of my mouth, Greg. I, I promise you that <laughs> without even hearing what you're going to say. So the problem is, um, I think the problem here is is EA, and I don't. They've had the exclusive license to produce console Star Wars games, not necessarily mobile games. Console Star Wars games, uh, I think since like 2013 is what I heard about it. So about five years now, and in that five years, they've managed to produce a whopping two games: Battlefront and <laughs> Battlefront Two. And neither one really embraced by the Star Wars community is something fantastic. Now, it's really sad to hear 
that they canceled this new game, this open world game. Think of it like Grand Theft Auto or Skyrim, except in the Star Wars universe. I think a, a lot of people would like to play that kind of game. Okay, so I was going to say really quick because I'm not a gamer as much, uh-huh. as, nearly as much as you guys are. So, when an open world game, what exactly does that refer to for the non-gamers? So, in the, in yeah, the, like, so, a, like a like a World of Warcraft. Um, well, not so much. Yeah, I guess like a World of Warcraft. Yeah, except not maybe not with as as much of an online community. Because if you think Grand Theft Auto, you you typically play a character, and it's a it's a sandbox. It's an open world sandbox. You can you can go to anywhere you want in the world. You can explore any different reach of the world that, that's out there. Um, there's missions to complete. There's a story you can get through if you want to, but it's really yeah. not necessary to. There's to hookers play to purchase. The there's all kinds of things in Grand Theft Auto. There, there are gang members to beat up with dildos. There's all kinds of things like that. <laughs> yes, you don't have to follow a basic like story or level structure. It's yeah, open. You can go wherever yeah. you want to. And so multiple... it's almost like a virtual world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. is, is that what and and Nico weigh in please too? Is this wasn't there Knights of the Old Republic that was like an MMO that was like this? Or was that uh, that's story more based? of an RPG. That's more of an RPG yeah. though. It is there are mi- uh, missions to accomplish and you're working specifically to level up your character and, and things okay. like that. It's not so much open world as it is RPG. So and an RPG, Greg, you're meaning role-playing game as opposed to rocket-propelled grenade, correct? Correct. Sometimes there are RPGs within RPGs, but yeah, I'm specifically referring to the (laughs) role-playing game aspect. We we were just talking about Grand Theft Auto, so my my gear, my mental gear did not shift all the way real quickly there. I just wanted to be Um, sure. Dave, Dave, you mentioned RPG, man. I went full Red Dawn on you right there, man. That's, that's, (laughs) there's your RPG. Has Ruth Bader Ginsburg RBG ever fired an RPG? I would love if she (laughs) did. That'd be badass. Um, Red, Red Dawn. What is, what's that? (laughs) I'm still on Red Dawn. I'm just thinking that should have been one of those fucking soccer calls. He scores! Wolverine! (laughs) Wolverine, Yeah! Oh my god! Every time I hear the words "red dawn," I have to say, "Kid, get up here and pee in a radiator." Yeah, I just yeah. have to say. It. I don't know. <laughs> Will that work? I don't even know. Have you ever messed with a radiator? Before? No. <laughs> then pee in the radiator. That's right. Uh, yes. Uh, MMO right. is anyway. What is it? Massive, massive, <laughs> massive multiplayer online yeah. game, right? I should remember that. Correct. Did anyone Nico, you play? Want, you want to jump? You want to jump in before we move on here? I was just going to try to uh, explain it to Steve very easily. So if you think of what's uh, considered a linear game, think of like Mario Brothers, right? There's one level, you go from the start of the level to the end of the level, and then that's it, and you go from level to level to level. Now, if you want to think of open world, you can think more like The Legend of Zelda, where you just kind of get to roll around the map and go into different rooms and do different things and it's kind of more random and you get to choose what you're doing as okay. you get to go wait, 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 it's Nico, a lot Nico. less linear let me I let see. me let Got me bust it. in let me help steve out on this so instead of mario or legend of zelda let's mm-hmm. go back to our level here atari adventure Got it. Got it. <laughs> you roam around and there you go. You look for a little squares. key. Yep. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of pixels, a lot of keys. That's about it. You type in. No, 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 Scott. Not a lot of pixels at all. Actually, no. if we yeah. even count here. That's Got right. Okay. That's right. You're right. Okay. Sorry, no, that's, Sorry Nico. Actually, that's a that's very helpful. I'm looking at Legend of Zelda versus yeah. some of the other because it. Exactly. I, I, so, I got back, it. Okay. Back to EA. So EA. They're a EA huge cuts. They, they suck. They're a huge company, and they they want obviously their big deal is they want to make the most money. And making a big open world game like this is is 
Uh oh. I think we lost Greg. Oh, Did you look, lose me? What is it, Greg? Sorry, Tell me, what is it? So I'll, I'll, I'm going to pretend to be Greg for a second. I'm just going to say that if you have the Star Wars gaming license and you can't produce a winning game, it's kind of like being a porn star that can't get it up on camera. There's, <laughs> just, wow. there's just no excuse for that. Perfect. Perfect <laughs> analogy. Right? Am, I, am I back in now? Am I here? Yeah, you're here. We got you. Yeah, All right, yep. excellent. So the porn star analogy aside, which was an excellent point to make, by the way, I really appreciate that being brought up here. Um, EA needs to, you know, to develop a game like Star Wars, you need to invest three to five years into it. Um, And and at this rate, when you have to go back and forth with Lucasfilm, because everything has to be approved by Lucasfilm, you can't really create your own game. It becomes an annoyance to the company who's out there trying to develop this game. They're not, they don't have license to tell the story how they want to go. They have to run it by everything that they want to do by Lucasfilm. And if Lucasfilm decides they want to change it, you can set a project back by six months to a year by making them change what the story is going to be or how a game is supposed to operate. So it's there's not a whole lot of investment for EA to produce these games outside of Battlefront because it's just this guy shoots that guy and it doesn't really matter. Um, this, is the, you know, this is the problem people saw when Lucasfilm games folded and lucas games was the video game division of of lucasfilm obviously lucas arts uh, wasn't it lucas arts uh, lucas arts you're right yeah. lucas arts um they folded that right after the um merger between disney and, and lucasfilm and it's it's really a shame because as an in-house company they were able to produce some pretty cool games, not all of them Star Wars related, but I mean they had the X-Wing series, that was awesome. You had a bunch of cool games for the Super Nintendo that were kind of Mario-like. Um, they were super fun. They were yeah. super hard, but they were super fun. So let me, let me let me jump in on that real quick. So the, the original X-Wing Starfighter game, mm-hmm. which if I remember right came out in 91 or 92, somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I, I think it's impossible to try to put in the context of the time how innovative and fun that game was. That game was amazing. It for was. the for the limited technology that existed at the time to make you feel like you were in the cockpit of an X-wing or a Y-wing or an A-wing or a B-wing and give you the options that it had was just amazing. That was the groundbreaking. Level of, it was yeah, fantastic. The level of complexity yeah. with just a keyboard and a mouse, you know, you you had to balance, you know, between between your lasers and your shields, you could put shields all engines. the way forward, and your engines. You could put your shields all the way forward. You could put your shields all the way back. You could have your S foils open or closed. You know, it was it was amazing. You really felt like you were making decisions that were vital to getting through the mission. Yeah, and they they expanded on that, cool. right? They kept putting out yeah. sequels to that game. They got Tie Fighter, and I think there was X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Yeah, um, man, there were so many great games by Lucas Arts. I I. I, I it, it, I use great and then loosely, I was, but I was yeah. also going to add the Knights of the Old Republic, yes. that original disc game that came out for the original Xbox. Also, yeah. I think it's hard to contextualize just how amazing and fun that game really was. Yeah, and if yeah. you have five bucks, buy it for your iPad. I mean, everybody Serious. should. It still holds up to this day. You know, now, and I, were, were oh. these games awesome, or was it just that because it was we were in the dark times and we were it was all we were getting? I, I it think was we were both. Yeah, it was both. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't want to say it was a dark times. I think it was the early stages of like a golden era of video games. Mm-hmm. We were really starting to get a lot of stuff. The changing, uh, like the Dooms and the Castle Wolfensteins really started to push things forward with not just the first person shooters, but you got this innovative 
group of, of young people coming out and just like making some serious shit out there. Like people, the X-Wing idea was great. Um, I know we've talked about some of us like them and don't like the first person shooters, but man, Dark Forces and Jedi Knight, Dark Forces 2, fantastic games for their time. And Dark Forces 2 really took the networking concept and that's what made that game fun. Yeah, you can play all 20 levels or whatever and feel great and accomplish the game. But you hook up and you network with like six or ten of your friends and you're playing Jedi Knight and you're having lightsaber battles. Yeah. It was badass, man. That's cool. That's it was fun. so great. And customizing skins and all that stuff at the time. Good times. Good awesome. times. Yeah, so while, while EA may have seen a an opportunity to make a lot of money, it's... It, Really, they've they've just stumbled with it. They haven't been able to do anything and put and put development into anything that has been consistently good. And the only thing they've been able to release is the the two Battlefront games, and then there's a slew of mobile games. But those are, I think are are licensed through from Lucasfilm through EA to somebody else. I don't even think they're doing much development on those. So they just can't get a team together that's putting putting out a product that. That they want to see to fruition for whatever reason. Maybe it's maybe it's they're getting pushed back from LucasArts. I don't know, or from Lucasfilm. I don't know. Yeah, it's know. funny. And what Greg's saying too. Also, I I know I was one of the first people to say that I enjoyed Battlefront, and I know that it had its limitations and flaws. Yeah. And I know that Greg, you said Battlefront Two, kind of made it a little bit better. But mm-hmm. you know, the thing with that was the initial enjoyment. I, you start to realize after you're playing this over and over again, it's one of the last games I really played a lot because my son was really into it, is you start to realize those the same feelings you felt when you were younger and playing these other innovative games, you lose that because it's not about the game. It's more I'm playing it with my son, and he's yeah. getting a kick out of it, and all of a sudden you go back and you want to try and replay or fe- get those feelings back, and it's like, wow, this is kind of a shitty game. Yeah. Like it's... And yeah. I still enjoy it for what it was. It looks great, but it's really limited in what it can do. And I, I put that all on EA's hands. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think... Yeah. I think the, with the with the first Battlefront that they put out, it really is just kind of a one trick pony. It's it's fun yeah. to play for the first twenty minutes that you have it on, but then you realize it's the same thing over and over again. Oh yeah, Battlefront Two. Well, I think I thought the game itself was a little bit better because they put an actual campaign mode in it, and that's actually kind of why I wanted to play it. But it really got worse of a reaction because EA loaded it with all the microtransactions and made it a pay-to-win kind of game. And that really, really hampered that game as far as um, building any kind of following behind it. People really shat all over EA for doing that and shat all over the game itself, too. Yeah. Yeah, the first one was kind of like that because you had those little add-on things that you had to buy the next level or something that they were building. But if you bought early and you paid the extra whatever, 10, 20 bucks... You got all of those whenever they were released, so you didn't feel yeah. that pain. That's, yeah, yeah, that's different. That you're buying what they call like uh, DLC passes, season passes, right? Yeah, right. and that gets you that gets you the new maps and new characters and all that sort of thing. But what Greg's talking about is what EA has single-handedly almost destroyed the entire video game industry with, and that's microtransaction loot boxes and it's become such a standard and normal thing to put in video games which is ridiculous because almost every single consumer that plays any of these games absolutely hates them yeah Yeah. it's ridiculous i don't want to pay ten dollars for a helmet 
I don't want to pay, you know, or not even that. There's some games, like, if you look up right now and look into Bethesda's studios right now and Fallout 76, that game is just god-awful, and they're trying to save the company with it, and the fact that they put loot boxes in it is making it even worse, and people are just refusing to play it now. You know, it's funny the way that they market console games now because they've been the the microtransactions have been insanely successful in the mobile market so much so that the 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 mobile gaming if you look at video game industry as a whole the mobile game revenues are like two-thirds of that like 60 percent or something like that it's an insane amount that the mobile games get and the the consoles and the pc games get everything else the remaining 30 to 40 percent that's in there right wow um and so they're trying to say the console guys are sitting there to say, well, we want some of that mobile game money. How do they make? How do the mobile games make money? Oh, microtransactions. So they charge you a dollar for this, a dollar for that, five dollars for this, maybe you know. And then the video games are like, well, we'll do that too. But what they don't get is that you can buy the mobile game for like a dollar, or it's free, and then you do the microtransactions. They right. want to charge sixty to a hundred bucks for all of the all of console games, you know, because you got to pay for development. I mean, it's, I don't want these guys not to make their money, right? but then they want to charge, they want to charge them a premium price for their game. And then they want to charge them on top of that for the microtransaction as well. It's so ridiculous. You, you buy a game for 60 to a hundred bucks and you pay all these transactions and you end up paying like 200 bucks or more for, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So EA trying to make money, failing miserably. Star Wars gaming fans suffer as a result. You know what I say? Go play fucking Legion from Fantasy Flight Games. The tabletop miniature game. It's a good game. Go play that. Nice. All right. You heard it here first. Yep. Uh, okay. I enjoy League of Legends. Totally free. Totes. Mm. Is that online? It is. League of Legends. You can play online with a whole bunch of your friends. Completely free to play. Cool. And it is actually not ridiculous to like get some characters and in-game content. How so what's their uh how do they make money on that? Um all of the stuff that you pay actual money for is all cosmetics. Oh, okay. Or you can there's an in-game currency and then there's a premium currency and you get the in-game currency just by playing the game and then you know you, you play enough games and you save up enough of that and you can buy a new character with it so you can literally play the game and have every single character and every single everything for free without paying a single dime but you don't get any of the cosmetics and so all the skins and stuff that you can buy with real money all it is is cosmetics but that's how they make their money Gotcha. That's interesting because it. it's 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 really successful too. It's a really successful Super franchise. Super successful, yeah. That's amazing. All right, um, guys, we've got a couple more stories to cover here. Um, moving away from Star Wars and on to something that we haven't talked about in a while, but it's uh, it's coming up. We need to put it on our radar. Game of Thrones. Yes. Uh, Game of Thrones final season premieres April fourteenth. Uh, and there's an interesting article on radiotimes.com. This is a uh, title is Game of Thrones isn't really ending in 2019 and neither will any other modern franchise. So this article goes on to say that uh, after eight years, countless deaths and a lot of sex position, thankfully, 
the biggest show in the world will bring its epic fantasy storyline to a close, cutting millions of fans off as we finally learn the fate of Westeros and its remaining residents. Except, of course, it isn't really the end of anything. The dire wolf in the room during any article discussing Thrones' epic final end of everything series is that every couple of weeks there's a new casting call announcement for the Game of Thrones prequel which is set to start filming this year. So have we talked about this, that there's going to be a Game of Thrones prequel? No, and, we have not. And they are casting this now. Nico, you need to get on this show. Oh, shit. <laughs> you, should be, you should be driving up there hitting some of these casting calls. What you do I hit him with? Backhand? With your best shot. Beforehand? No, you, you, best you, shot. Do I kick him in the dick? <laughs> That's a kick in the dick. Um, no, so interesting that, you know, the shows and immediately they kick off a new uh, spinoff. In this case, um, it's a prequel. Um, episode 9 is being marketed in some corners as the last chapter in the Skywalker saga. But is it? These new trilogies from Ryan Johnson and the Game of Thrones guys, Ben Huff and Weiss, uh, exploring the Star Wars world, uh, I would think will have some sort of a connection to the Skywalker family. Maybe not directly, but some sort of intrinsic connection. Uh, multiple television spinoffs. Uh, becomes a little bit hard to anticipate whether Episode Nine is actually the end of the Skywalker saga. I'm just wondering what you guys think about this. I mean... Do we want to see the Skywalker saga end? Are we okay putting it to bed, or, or what? What do you, what do you, what do you think? Who is there left to carry it on? Well, clearly, I mean, I guess technically Ray Skywalker. You... Oh, so are you switching Kenobi camps now? No, 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 no. Uh huh. Never. Well, I mean, I was gonna say. Um, I'm if, probably wrong. If we though, think te in technicalities, Kylo Ren has Skywalker blood still. Not the name, but he's a grandson of Vader. Right. Yeah. We're we're assuming he lives. Hmm. Will Kylo hmm. live or die in episode? What if? Well, if Kylo Ren was Snoke through some kind of weird Donnie Darko time loop, then no, he didn't make it out alive. Hmm. Right. Oh, are we going to go into that? Are oh, yeah. That's our that? last story. Dave's okay. Dave's, uh, Dave's uh, jumping the gun a little bit here. A little segue. It was, it was worth it for Nico's face when I said that. There's a great article. Let's just get into it. Let's get right into <laughs> there's it. Some, since, since there's some out there. fan theories out there that are really fucking cool and make a lot of sense and like make you scratch your head and think and say, hmm, I can buy that. And then there's some of them where you just want to find the person who wrote that article and give him a good kick in the dick. Well, <laughs> so I'm curious to know what you think uh, about uh, what the level of dick kicking will be with this article, Nico, with uh, Nerdist.com. The title of the article is This Kylo Ren Snoke Fan Theory Might Make Your Head Explode. Uh, and basically, just to summarize it without reading it here, it's a long article, but um, uh Think Tyler Durden in Fight Club, only it's Kylo Ren essentially conjuring Snoke 
from his his dark dark place and making Snoke a real being in his mind. Scott, did 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 Kylo go all Fight Club on us in Episode Eight? I'm gonna start right away by de- just debunking this thing. Right. Just just for for the sakes for the sake of shits and giggles, let me just go for this. <laughs> I know, yeah, so it's confused. killing me. Um, so here's the thing: you, the comparison to Fight Club and Tyler Durden and all that stuff. So we all know that the character in Fight Club uh, is called narrator and that he makes up the character of Tyler Durden to be this God, I haven't even read it yet. Oh, I was say, spoiler damn. alert. <laughs> That's a kick in the dick. Do I really have to do something 20 years? <laughs> um, <laughs> we need a spoiler alert, uh, you know. Yeah, a little uh, like uh, warning si- warning right, signal. I right. Think. Yeah. So so in his mind, he creates Brad Pitt as this alter ego to himself. It's Brad fucking Pitt. You're telling me Kylo Ren's Brad Pitt is Snoke? I'm sorry. He would not create that. He would be like, oh, I got to make myself look a little cooler than I am. I, no, no. Are you saying the gold lame disproves the theory? Yes, totally. Okay. Ky- Kylo Ren's got granddaddy issues, and he knows granddaddy's got face was all fucked up, so he's going to make his uh, his ultimate superhero with a fucked up face. Okay. He, okay. he wants to be Vader. I got that. Okay. I got that. All right. But Dave brought up the Gold LeMay thing, so here's here's your mind blown <laughs> right now. The Gold LeMay is really Val Kilmer as Elvis <laughs> from True Romance. <laughs> Wow. Okay. There you go. I like I like you, Clarence. Always have. Always will. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do you, yeah. There's there's uh, my favorite was the and, uh, and Alabama's was... going to be hooking up with Mr. Blonde and Vic Vega and Vincent Vega are actually brothers in some secret universe. What the fuck? No. The best thing was Pablo Hidalgo's sticker that he was wearing at at uh, a celebration. It just said your Snoke or your Snoke theory sucks. Ah. Oh. <laughs> bastard made by a fan i think too i actually like this snoke theory i know that i know that uh yeah. that scott's kind of shitting all over right now and that's totally fine because he's oh. scott is 100 percent correct this is completely bubkiss right now but right. i like this theory it's 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 creative it shows some ingenuity and if it if it actually turned out to be true i would not be disappointed Ooh. i i prefer the donnie darko theory for avengers endgame i think that's a that's more fun than this go. Oh guys, I've got theories on that. We should, we should talk after show about that All stuff. Right. Post, 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 post show combo. I haven't, right. I haven't read this article, so all I know about this ridiculous Snoke theory is what you guys are talking about now. How does this theory explain how Kylo Ren and Hux in the same room are both interacting with each other? making eye contact and then turning in both making eye contact and interacting with Snoke. Well, he's is such a he's Huck's such a, crazy too. No, he's such a strong force user. Kylo Ren is, right, is right. such a strong that he's actually created a physical manifestation of Snoke. So, so, so he's not in it. He's not just in his imagination. He's actually there, but he's a force projection of from Kylo Ren. Right. And this is what's even crazier Luke trained Kylo. Luke's able to project himself across the entire galaxy to fight mm-hmm. Kylo, but Kylo is not at the level Luke is. 
So his force projection of Snoke is just not to par with Luke. I mean, we're talking some serious Jedi battle mind shit right here. This is some good stuff. So really quick, reading from Nerdist.com, the theorist continues, what if Ben Solo was so powerful that his conflicted mind manifested Snoke and Ben had no idea? Oh, that's, yeah. Snoke then builds the First Order and twists Ben's mind and turns him into Kylo Ren. Snoke speaks on Kylo's insecurities and weaknesses like a voice inside one's own head. Snoke comes off like a carbon copy of the Emperor, but with a different look, which would make sense if the person who made him was obsessed with that old story. Yeah. Could, could somebody make me the Lawrence Fishburne meme is Morpheus where he just says, <laughs> what if I told you your Snoke theory sucks? <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, I'm going to mess uh, with your head real quick because you never hear me say this in the last year and a half. There is one thing that I've absolutely loved about The Last Jedi. Getting kicked in the oh. dick. Besides getting kicked in the dick. What's that? By Ryan's Johnson. Holy crap. That that just Ooh. got way meta right there. Um, so the, the two concepts where we see Kylo, the point of view of when Kylo snaps and Luke's going to kill Kylo. Right. That happens, I think, twice, right? We see that vision Yeah, happen. we see once from yeah. both points of view. Right. Again, here's the greatest callback that that movie had. I, I destroyed that movie. I, that movie drives me crazy. But I love the callback to Obi-Wan Kenobi's original line from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. And that moment is yeah. fantastic in that film. So I'll give Ryan's Johnson a little bit of tip on this. Give him the tip? <laughs> I'm going to give him on. Okay. I'm going to keep going with that. Good job. Uh, just because I love that little thing. So if any of this theory does pan out in any way that they want to do this, however, what's his face is going to fix last Jedi. I think Ryan's Johnson did a a fantastic job on that. All right. I thought you were going to say the two things you liked about the last Jedi were Kylo Ren's nipples. (laughs) I have a meme I need to send you, man. It's, it's, it's so disturbing. You know what Kylo's, uh, Kylo's nipples remind me of? I don't mm-hmm. want to know. Yes. <laughs> it's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week. Oh, thank God. Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, what do you got for us this week? I'm just so glad this is what the nipples reminded you of. I was afraid what was coming next. <laughs> That's no moon. Yeah, exactly. I love I love the oh thank God. That was good. You know, uh, guys, here's I have a homework assignment for all of you. I need you to come up with a funny name, open up a Twitter account, and get on Twitter and be funny. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Because nobody is funny on Twitter right now, except mm. for the master, Mark Hamill. At Hamill himself. When in doubt, go to Hamill. When in doubt, go to Hamill. Always. This one's not so much funny as it is. I'm going to say it ends with the hashtag just saying. That's what we're going for here. Just saying. (laughs) Okay. He's throwing out some congratulations to his old buddy Adam Driver, his on-screen nephew. He says, congratulations, Adam, on your well-deserved Oscar nomination for Black Klansman. Playing a good man, only pretending to be evil. Hashtag just saying. 
Ooh. Oh, sneaky. Now, obviously, Mark has been cheeky with things in the past, so we'll just leave that for what it is. But is he saying that Kylo Ren is actually a good person? Hmm. We saw hints of that in The Last Jedi. I still sense the good within you, nephew. Exactly. Only pretending to kill his father and blow up the <laughs> ship that his father's in. He didn't shoot the ship. He did shoot the ship, the deputy, though. Close <laughs> <laughs> on that one. I shot the ship. <laughs> But I did not shoot the deputy. Did you think score? <laughs> Who's your daddy and what does he do? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, if you have ever shot the ship, I'm not exactly sure what that means. But if you've ever done it, call us and tell us about it on the Wretched Hive Hotline. That's five six two four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five Hive. That's H I V E. In case you can't spell Hive. Get him right. You can uh, find us online at thewretchedhive.net on Facebook, although I don't recommend it. Facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. Zuckerberg! Email the show. <laughs> Email the show to show at thewretchedhive.net. Uh, Instagram. We don't use it. Twitter <laughs> at sure. Wretched Hive Pod. Uh, look us up on Google Podcasts and Stitcher. And of course on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Five stars, one star, any star. We don't care. We just want to hear from you, listeners of the Wretched Hive Podcast. Guys, episode 79 is officially in the books. Final thoughts for this week, guys. Go. Aren't we at uh, almost three years? Yeah, so next week, next week's episode, I believe, is our third anniversary show. Okay, we Actually, gotta, two weeks from now. We got to set up a party. Yeah. And let's do something. Yeah. What should we do? Or we we we, we have to consult. What, what, yep. what are we gonna do? Three we'll get, years. We'll get something. We'll, we'll all get drunk. We should have there a band go. play a timeless punk. That's, That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Let's get a really loud rock band to play at timeless pints. <laughs> See if they invite us back. Yeah. I want another excuse to print my face on a t-shirt and give it to Scott. So. <laughs> oh, we didn't, even, we didn't talk about that on this show. Oh, the shirts it. are amazing. Uh, yes. Guys. You, you can see the pictures online, though, can't you? Aren't the pictures yeah, online somewhere? Oh, yes. Yeah. On Facebook.com. They're all over the place. Yep. Look for us. You can, you can see Scott's face and Nico's face. <laughs> On Scott's face. And maybe a little skin, Guys, have a wonderful week, and may the Force be with us all. He shoots, he scores! Don't make me hurt your dog!